Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. Ask me. Ask Eliza anything. It's time to ask. Ask me all your questions. Leave them in the Instagram Okay. Hi. This is Ask Eliza Anything, where we answer your questions that you ask Eliza. Is this and how I'm you here open your to... own podcast? No. On my podcast, I just say the same thing every time to make it easy. All right. You know what? As my mistake, as a leader, <laughs> I tried to dole out responsibility. You didn't like that. And it really bit me in the butt. What was that? I mean, I said, hey, it's a podcast. You're here. Welcome. Hello. Your face is bright pink. Because <laughs> I wasn't prepared. Well, you got to be ready. You're like baby hamster bright pink. You're like, oh, my big break. Is that what I go? Yeah, this is my big break. This is it. Oh, my big it's introing this. Don't shit the bed. Oh, Don't boy. shit the couch. You guys got questions. We got answers. What That's are we, what I said, basically. Entering Christmas of next Tuesday of this pandemic. It's been almost a, coming to you from the bunker. You guys are hopefully in parts of the world that have opened up. Hopefully you're back to work at your jobs. A lot of you are stuck with roommates you don't like, dealing with wedding problems. We, I think, I feel very qualified to answer your questions. Um, mm. So we're here. And we've got a suspicious Chinese dog. I've had her since December. Tian Fu is really figuring out where she belongs in the world. And I think she thinks she belongs growling at people. So that's tough for me. She's decided she doesn't like me. Yeah, that was weird. She was just staring at you growling yesterday. But in her defense, you were bent over. Like you were hunched over. I bent over. over to look at her because she can't was staring do that. at me. You can't do that. I was trying to get on her level. Everyone knows you have to sit upright and not make eye contact with a dog. <laughs> do you think it's because we were just in the same room for so long and she was protecting you? That's the thing. We have to lock her in the office with us because- she can't, she doesn't like to be without me, but she barks at anybody that comes to her house to do like a service call. She's fine. Oh, I don't okay. know that she's that bright, but she's sweet baby. I'll take a dumb kid who's athletic any day over an asshole. <laughs> Kick it. Old underscore Taylor. Do you think confiding in your significant other and going to them with all your problems is a good alternative to therapy? No, that is completely unhealthy. That's codependence at its, at its peak. Uh, if the person, if your significant other's like, you can tell me your problems, that's narcissism. Not a word I throw around a lot, but that's very weird because even if that person is a qualified psychiatrist or a therapist, you can't be open and they're probably not trained to diagnose that problem. But like you go to probably your husband with your problem, like he hears everything. He does. And you it, tell him everything. But it isn't an all, like I would still go to therapy if I believed in it. No, I'm just kidding. I would still go to therapy 
because it's just you're working. That's a trained professional who can unpack and ask the right questions mm-hmm. versus when he and I talk, it's just me being like, yeah, and here's another funny thought. Or mm-hmm. it's something more personal like when you don't do the dishes, here's how it makes me feel. And you're like, okay, I do the dishes. Therapists can unpack mentally what you're going through. It's okay to rely on your significant other, but as an alternative to therapy, no. Mm-hmm. Had you just said, is it okay to confide in them? The answer would be, of course. Yeah. Spend that money. Use that insurance. Get that shrink. Get that, get those, get that prescription. Enjoy yourself. Hi, Eliza and Emily. My wife is really terrible at recognizing actors and actresses when we're watching TV. About (laughs) once per day, she will say, is that the guy from blank? But it never, ever is. How do I respond in a way that doesn't hurt her feelings? Should I just agree even when I know it's wrong? I feel like a jerk saying, actually, that's the guy from Breaking Bad or whatever. Really? For context, we're both women in our 30s if it matters. Love the pot. Uh, It does matter because it's it's weird that the other woman isn't as bad because usually, you know, like moms... Or like, oh, isn't that my mom referred to John Krasinski once as that Polish actor? So how we all know him. I once referred to the fugitive as the prequel to US Marshals. So um I don't know. Does she have a sense of humor? Because I mean, ideally you could make fun of her and it would be a funny joke that like she doesn't know anyone. Yeah, don't give her the wrong info. Don't say yes, because then what if she tells someone else and then she's wrong and then it's embarrassing for her? Yeah, you don't want to embarrass her, but maybe bring up like, well, you're really bad at that. And hopefully she has enough of a sense of humor to be like, yeah, I am. All white people look alike to me. Help. I think that's fine. I'd like to think that you're in the kind of marriage that you guys could take that in stride. But yeah, you don't want to feel like you're living with someone who has dementia. That's not Michael B. Jordan. That's Megan Fox. But good for you. They both do have eyes. <laughs> okay. We have a question where I'm going to ask you two questions because the first one is context because this person messaged us in May of 2019. We never saw it. They followed up today. Psycho. No. Okay. So the first question from 2019. I can't. I have no context I'm for that I'm giving year. you the context. Is it going to be about being out in public and shaking hands? Because nah, I won't no, understand. Well, but there's a follow-up from today. Is it about not wearing a mask? Because I won't get it. I'm a 20-year-old. I'm a 28-year-old female. Not and anymore. I have, and I have a major crush on a bartender at a local bar. Ever since I met her, I have stopped in multiple times a week for the last month. I shamelessly flirt with her and we have intense eye contact. She even greets slash sends me off with hugs. I gave her my phone number and she actually texted me. The problem is that she has a boyfriend, which I found out on social media. She's never come out and actually mentioned him in conversation. And by all accounts is straight. My question for you, is she interested in me? Is she just being nice because that's literally her job? She just wants decent tips. I can't shake the feeling that there's something more between us. P.S. She knows I'm gay. So now today's follow up. I know that my previous message was never addressed, but I have Aww. new information. Okay. I feel like I did ask this. I wonder if I got, I, okay. No, I specifically remember this episode. You came in, you were like, this is the dumbest question <laughs> I've ever read. When I go to a bar, no, it's for a, hugs and kisses. This is a good question. Okay. I have new information that I need advice on. Since my first post, said bartender, let's call her D, and I have become really good friends. Uh-oh. I even told her that I have a crush on her and that I respect her as a person and as a friend, so I will not put her in any situation to make her uncomfortable. She told me that our friendship means the world to her. She doesn't want to lose me to bad decisions made under our very obvious sexual tension. Note, she has told me that she is bi, but she has never dated a woman before. I can accept just being friends with her. I've had- She's like, but I fucked so many. (laughs) I've had straight girl crushes before and managed to not act on them. It sucks, yes, but I really love her as a person. I guess my question for you guys is, 
Do you think D is just afraid of her real feelings no. for me? Or do you think she's just not interested in she's dating not women? Interested. Uh, love you guys she's in pod. Really P.S. Bi. She's no longer a bartender. We text every day and we constantly flirt with each other. I have to be honest. I am a, <clears throat> what am I? A cis woman. That doesn't have to do with your sexuality. That's oh like my God, don't gender. lecture me. You're a straight. A straight, non-girl kissing. Okay, what is that? so straight. What is that? A one or a six on the Kinsey scale? One end or the other? I forget I which Kinsey's... one is straight and which one is gay. I don't fucking know. Here's what I am. Cis- I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying as I'm saying cisgender because there's no. It's not another fl- nothing like my gender isn't fluid. Like yeah, okay. there are days that I I don't really enjoy wearing dresses, but I guess I, I don't know. You know what? Give me your number. I, I was only meaning to say that as from my very straight prerogative, my heterosexual female who identifies as a female prerogative, I do feel like there is that blurred line with like girls, right? If she's saying, and, and I don't, don't give me any hate mail. If she's saying she's bi, but from what I gather, like hasn't ever hooked up with a girl, it yeah. could be like, there are women that I find so beautiful, like um, that you want to touch them. I did a movie recently and we cast this beautiful actress named Rebecca Who's Rittenhouse. In, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Who is so beautiful. It was actually difficult to, focus on my lines. And I got on stage that night and I was like, all the guys that sexually harass women at work, like I get it now. Like I couldn't stop staring at her and I just wanted to like caress her face. And I told her this and I don't want to have sex with this person. No, but she was just like in person, just like stunning and oh, so nice and like great smile. And, and you're just fucking like- smart. Like you couldn't find a reason to not like her. No, I was just eating fruit snacks in the corner, staring Steven. at her. I'm like, why is Eliza, my betrothed, talking to another? <laughs> she was, my point is she was so beautiful. I was so- att- So charming. I hope she's listening. <laughs> I was so attracted to her physically, but it stopped once I- could tell her she was like, I didn't want to, you know what? I did want to kiss her, but I didn't want to have sex with her. I didn't want to kiss her. That would not, that would be weird for me. No, but she was somebody that also was very like charming, charismatic. Great. So you just want to talk to her. Yes. So I think for some women that gets blurred. And especially mm. if the other woman is a lesbian, there's that episode of Sex in the City where Charlotte befriends like all these power lesbians. And she's like, do you go down? And Charlotte's like, well, no, but I'm just loving the connection with these women. She's like, honey, if you don't dive on our muffs, then you can't wear Prada loafers or something. <laughs> right, they kick her out. Now, granted, like you can identify as whatever you want without actually having sex. I don't know. I don't care what you do at all. I don't care what about... And I mean that in the nicest way. I do think that sometimes when the other girl's a lesbian and you're, there's a connection, I think a straight girl can be like, well, maybe. But the fact that she hasn't acted on it, she doesn't know. She might kiss you and be like, wow, that is really uncomfortable for me. Mm. But that's why it's like flirting is just flirting because it's so safe. It doesn't feel to me like she actually is bi. And if she is, I think you might want to consider the fact that she's bi and yet hasn't made a move on you, which means she may not be attracted to you. I think it also could be that thing of like, yeah, it's it's fun for her to like flirt and chat. Like everybody's at home. Mm-hmm. There's no pressure on it. She can just like text with you and never have to do anything. And that's easy. I have lesbians in my life that I'm not like, just like, I do. I have lesbians in well, my life. Michelle doesn't count because she's married and I think she's the grossest person ever. Well, and you've been friends for seven years. That's why years. she's the grossest person ever. Yeah. But I've definitely befriended lesbians who I have a loose textual relationship with. And it's not that there's a sexual connection as much as there is that thought as a straight woman like, oh, I wonder if that lesbian's attracted to me. Mm. It's, it's an interesting dynamic. It's different than just texting with a, a straight person. But- 
I think moreover, the fact that she knows that you have feelings for her and she doesn't want to act on it. Cause you see people all the time, like I'll set it on fire. Let's make out. I think you might want to move on from crushing on this one. Yeah. You've, you've told her how you feel. Yeah. It's, you know, the ball's in her court and she's not doing anything with it. And that's okay. She yeah. might not have the the ovaries for it. She may not have the attraction or she may and she really just wants to be friends. But either way, it's kind of a no. Mm-hmm. So that's that. And I respect you guys not putting each other in compromising situations. And it's great that you're friends. And it is nice to have someone to like flirt text with. Mm-hmm. Now, if the texting gets inappropriate, like if she's initiating sexual text, then I'm just putting this out there. You don't want to feel like she's using you. We had a similar question on a to be released episode about someone who was about a lesbian who her roommate slept with her. And then the roommate was just like, I'm not into this. And like kind of just used her to experiment to see how she felt. And she felt very used. You don't want to feel used. Mm -hmm. You don't want either of you to feel used. So I would just sit this one out. Stay friends. Yeah. And continue to like have sexual thoughts about her. Oh, that's what I was saying. If she's texting you sexual stuff, you have to think about the tone you set. If you're like making sexual jokes and she's reciprocating, fine. But if it's always her, you don't want to be the outlet for that, especially if it's breaking your heart. So Mm. think about your own boundaries. Yeah. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It happened to me. I didn't think it would, but it happened to me. I had a nasty bout of postpartum depression. Now, there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about what you're dealing with, and there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about it with someone. I definitely saw a therapist these last couple weeks because, you know, I spend my time giving advice to others, but I could use a little advice myself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. I'll tell you what, when you're already stressed or anxious, the last thing you want to do is battle traffic and sit in a waiting room and get your parking validated. I'm sorry, is that just an LA thing? You don't need to add all that. You can just sit in the comfort of your own home or a chair you like outside and you can talk to someone from BetterHelp. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time. No additional charge and it doesn't hurt their feelings. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Eliza today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Eliza. I'm busy. And this time of year gets even busier. I've had my baby. I'm back to work. I'm at meetings. I'm on tour. I'm running around. And I don't always have time to sit down for a meal with my family. Sometimes I get home from set so late and I just need to eat something nutritious and go to bed. And that's why I like Factors fresh, never frozen meals because they're dietitian approved and they're ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy I am, and I'm busy, I always have time to get a nutritious, great tasting meal. Factor has over 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. So I never get bored. I'm trying to do less meat in general and they have wonderful vegan and veggie options. I just made a vegan mushroom marsala and I made an onion risotto. Just because you're eating vegetarian doesn't mean you can't eat deliciously. It had roasted garlic green beans. It was scrumptious. Head to factormeals.com slash Eliza50 and use code Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Eliza50 at factormeals.com slash Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Well, it's finally happening. The weather is finally getting warmer. So it's time to say goodbye to the jackets and cozy sweaters we've been hibernating in all winter. And it's time to say hello, bonjour, to shorts and t-shirts. And if you've been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, Quince is for you. I talk about Quince a lot because I really believe in a sustainable capsule wardrobe. 
And there's no reason you can't have a sustainable, timeless wardrobe for every season. And Quince has got you covered with premium linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable, silk tops, hello. And the best part is all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Dressing well shouldn't break the bank. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Look well. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Eliza for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza. This next question is anonymous. Again, I'm diving in. Some things that hadn't popped up before are now popping up, so it's old. Uh, I don't know if this person is still in this position, but let's see, okay? Anonymous. I'm 21 and have severe commitment issues, so I only had like one and a half boyfriends and one unsuccessful sexual experience. What does that mean? I bet it was successful for him. Yeah. And I don't see it changing anytime soon because I get so anxious in a relationship. Mm. I guess I still have a little bit of growing up to do. Anyway, one of my closest friends is also a virgin, and when we drunkenly decided to sleep together if we turned 21 still unexperienced, then we politely ignored the decision and we haven't done it, but I know if I want to, we will. Finally, the question, should I do it? I know it sounds childish, but I really want to do it already. Thank you so much. Sorry for the details. Is uh, it a guy and a girl? Yes, and the girl is asking us. now. This is in- a movie plot. In the film Crossroads, Britney Spears and Justin Long are go- are friends that are going to have sex that's a, that's because a, that's they a are matchup. they never have and they're like in a hotel room and she's in like Britney Spears lingerie and then she's like I don't want to and Justin Long is like okay okay I've got a erection massive erection what do I uh, do with it and then you know and it worked out for her you know because <laughs> they weren't into each other it's on stage I talk about empowerment and all these things and you know there's this fine line between empowerment and doing something just because you're supposed to be casual about it by virtue of the fact that you're a woman and there's a release of oxytocin and there are emotions and you are taking another person and putting them inside you. Sex means more to men. If you look at it just physically, they're sticking it in thing. And as a woman, you have to like host a penis. Like it's, you're taking something that's becoming a part of you when you fit together. Um, And when it's two lesbians, it's just so much oxytocin. So on the one hand, like sex should be fun and it should whatever, but your first sexual experience, it it might be something that you want with someone you are sexually attracted to. It might be. And you can have sex. You can spend the rest of your life having sex with randoms just for funsies. But get, I don't know how attracted, I mean, he's obviously attracted to because he wants to do it. I just think, I just, there's something about it that I don't think you should do it. It's not something that you need to get out of the way. And you can, it sounds like you're also saying you have so much anxiety. I think you need to get more comfortable with sex and being with someone who you are attracted to and feel safe with because you'll have sex with this person and you'll rush through it and it won't be great. And I think that'll kind of further inform how weird you think sex is. So I think you owe it to yourself to try to have some positive sexual experiences and take it at your own pace. This thing that Hollywood has created where you got to have sex by a certain time Mm -hmm. and you'll meet the right person who won't care if you're a virgin and wants to take it slow. So have some more experiences. Don't have sex with your friend. And if you already did, sorry that we were late to getting to this question. But like also, yeah. (laughs) Also like, okay, so you're having sex with your friend and you're like cracking jokes the whole time. Like you can't have an orgasm if you're like, this is hilarious. (laughs) And what do you say to your friend? Like, hey, would you mind going down on me? He's like, but we're friends. You're going to kiss. It's just too weird. So yeah, let us know what you did. 
So yeah. we're getting to this five years later. Look, we get Hope a lot of DMs. Alive. They're alive. Because they just, I just saw their oh, message because okay. they sent us a picture of a cat listening to Ask Eliza Anything. Okay. You're definitely still a virgin. No. Kick <laughs> it. All right. Anonymous. Hello, Eliza. I'd like your opinion about a situation at work. Oh, I'm ready. I'm an educational assistant, EA, at a high school. You're a teacher. I've it's been there a teacher. 10 years. Okay. I'm a retired teacher. Okay. <laughs> I'm 60 years old and female. Oh, I feel honored that you want my advice, but okay. In January, the school hired a new AA to help in the classroom. It's her first school job. Now, this might be pre-pandemic, <laughs> but no. you know what? We're going to go back to a world someday. I'm ready. It's her first school job. She's 50 years old. She's a bit rough around the edges. She's 50? 50. Okay. And the woman who has asking us is, is 60. 60. Uh-oh. Clash of the generations. <laughs> and while talking to me the first day, she declares that she wears the pants in her family. TMI. The next morning I get to Actually, work. Actually, no, TMI would be, I don't wear pants in my family. <laughs> the next morning I get to work, walk over to my desk and her backpack and lunch are on top of my desk. She's walking around. She has a table where she's supposed to be. Okay, whatever. I move her stuff. The second day she does it again. I kindly tell her, this is my desk. You can put your stuff on that table. She mumbles some sort of okay. She's okay with it. I'm wearing pants. Now she's doing pants. another weird move. She's done this twice, like March 1st and March 9th. When I'm watching over a student at the computer in the cafeteria, she'll come over to me and say, are you okay? Do you want me to handle this? If you have somewhere to go, I've got this. I say, I'm fine. And then she always says, are you sure? I think to myself, what do you mean am I okay? I've been with this school 35 years. I know what I'm doing. So the second time she did this, I asked her why she was asking me these ridiculous yeah. questions. She said, I was just walking by. There's no reason for her to do this. I'm healthy as a horse and smart. What do we do about you this gotta, woman? You gotta, you gotta nip that shit in the bud. You got to go up to her senior citizen style. So go up to her when you're having dinner at four o'clock, go up to her. No, go up to her and just say, I want to squash this tension. Hmm. I'm saying this to you because at 60, like you don't deserve to be putting up with this crap. And I'm assuming that you're like totally normal and you're not like peeing around your desk or doing like weird, like alpha shit. Just be like, I want to squash this. It seems like from the beginning, you're out to prove something. Hmm. There's plenty of room for both of us here. Be like, is there something I've done or is there something that you want to tell me or talk to me about? Mm -hmm. Because I don't want to feel this way. We're a team. And when you undermine me in front of students, I'm not sick. I've never asked for help. Like put it out there because she can't get any ruder. So you may as well just be like, by the way, I see what you're doing. (laughs) I've been here forever. I like my job and I want to like you. So tell me what I can do to make this better short of dying. I've also, though, had a job where, like, I didn't have anything to do. And I would just, like, I would be like, please, does anyone have any work for me to do? I'm so bored. Then maybe you say that to her. Maybe when she comes up and sort of, because it sounds like she, because you mentioned that you're healthy. So it sounds like she's trying to make it like you're feeble or couldn't handle it. There is a version where this is coming from a good place. And maybe you did look tired and she wanted to give you a break. There's certainly better ways to say it. Or that she's like, please, I don't want to just wander this room. Let me. What if she is bored? The next time she does it, you could simply say to her, is there a job that you need me to give you? Oh, yeah. Do you need me to give you a job? Because I can totally find one for you. Yeah. I've got this handled, but are you, are you looking free? for something yeah. to do? Are you looking for something to do? Yeah. Big time. Just go over it. Act, treat her like she's uh, Tell her not it, your subordinate. In these times, get her to start wiping down some desks. But just say to her, um, I'm doing fine, but would you like me to find something for you to do? Mm. And see what she says. Yeah. 
Anonymous, my boyfriend is moving away in two weeks. This has already happened. We're very in love and happy, but don't want to do long distance. So after talking it out, we've decided to break up. How do I move on from a breakup caused by circumstance? P.S. Thanks for the laughs and advice during a real shitty time. You just got to take it easy. Your heart, and by the way, even if you met someone amazing tomorrow, you wouldn't be able to be with them. Take it easy. I don't know if you guys are still talking. I don't know if maybe you need to um, not block each other, but like have like an isolation period from one another just so you can kind of let your heart heal a little bit. You just got to take it easy. You got to feel all the feelings. You've got to feel bad. You've got to feel sad. And then you've got to slowly kind of pick it back up. But the good news is it was circumstances. So the door's kind of always open. Um, and that's great because you'll meet someone else and then you'll see how real those feelings were because you might meet someone else. It's better it's this way versus angry. Mm-hmm. Better to be sad versus sad and angry. Yeah. That's not always true, but still. Mm. You just gotta feel it. People are so anti-feeling stuff. Watch the sad movies and write letters and 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 eat the food and do the workouts and just feel it. Let it filter through you like a cold. It's gotta go through you. Yeah. Like yeah. Corona. It's gotta go through you. Mm-hmm. Out your butt. Hi, Liza and gang. What's tough? I'm a high school English teacher, and I have a two-part question. First, do you have any teachers who stuck in your memory for any reason, good yes. or bad, from your years in school? Second, what advice do you have for teachers during this pandemic, doing during which we're distance learning? Feel free to use my name, Betsy Scott. I've listened to every episode, watched every special, and some of your other things on Amazon Prime and Netflix. You. Read your book, which is now in my classroom library, wow. and I saw you in Rockford, Illinois, last April. I wear my Elder Millennial Tour t-shirt regular because it's awesome and soft. Thank you. Uh, Emily's wearing hers right now. Right now. Very soft. Thank you, Betsy Scott. You sound like a progressive teacher and what America needs. Ding. Yes. So any teachers mm-hmm. stuck in your memory? Yeah. So a lot of them have been great. I can't really remember like, oh, I hated that teacher. You know, some teachers were boring, whatever. I've been very fortunate. And then of course there were all the college professors. I'm like, I know you're sleepwalking through this. We know I'm not going to be a psychologist. You know, I'm not going to be a psychologist. Here's my paper. Give me the C. Um, it's interesting you asked that. My freshman year of high school, I had an ancient civilizations professor named Mr. Cassie. Mm. And I only had him for one or two trimesters, but he would, I just, he stuck out in my mind as awesome. I, he, we didn't like really connect or anything, but he, I love the way he spoke and I'll never forget. He would let us have snacks in class, but he would take a tax. So that means like if you had Skittles, like he got to have like four of them. And I always thought that was, that. that was such a cool lesson. And it was a way of him feeling he was part of us. And the way he spoke, it had a certain like theatric vibrato to it. Mm -hmm. And I just always liked Mr. Cassie. And he always had this air of like, he knows more than everyone. And he had a cadence that kept you wrapped while you listened. Mm -hmm. And I just always liked Mr. Cassie. And I don't think I took any more classes from him. I have a lot of teachers. Like Mr. Warner was my lacrosse coach and my math teacher. And I think we bonded because he always laughed at my jokes and- Mm -hmm. And knew I was really bad at math and he was cool. I was mm-hmm. in like a special math class. Um, a lot of teachers. Anyways, my point is a couple of months ago, uh, I was developing a show with someone and there were a lot of historical references that we needed. And of course you can Google these things, but I was like, I wonder if I could ask Mr. Cassie these questions, information that he would have readily available. So I went through like LinkedIn or Facebook. I sent him a Facebook message and I never use Facebook. I was like, hi, Mr. Cassie, it's Eliza Schlesinger. I don't know if you remember me. And he was like, of course I do. Um, and I reached out and I said, would you mind if we had a Zoom? I have some history questions. He was so helpful and so knowledgeable. It and He gave me names for these characters and gave me sort of uh, context historically. 
the producers flipped out over it. And this past week I was pitching to direct a movie and I had all of these uh, religious art references that I was pretty good at looking up, but I wanted just in case there was a little bit more knowledge. And he again jumped on a Zoom with me and consulted on all of this Catholic artwork for this pitch. And he gave me a couple of extra ideas that I put into the presentation that I then sent to him. So it's just really cool as an adult, I still call him Mr. Cassie, to... I just, I sent him an, actually the first time I contacted him was just to tell him, I just want you to know, I always thought you were such a great teacher. So yeah. Nice. It's just, he did, it wasn't like he made a huge difference as much as just made a small impact in terms of a teacher that I loved listening to. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I didn't do well in that class. I had a lot of teachers that I loved. I had. You would. I would. I had a lot of like female teachers I was like too close to. Uh, So did Michelle. (laughs) It just was like. Like, oh, I had a teacher named Allison in first through third grade at Montessori. You called him by your first name, not to brag. Very progressive. was so cool. I had a math teacher who was cool called like Mrs. Mangum or something. I had a- You ever have those math teachers that like dress up for it? Like these are my number earrings. Oh, no. I know math is terrible. I, I, Miss Stefan was like very, I loved psychology. And then I went up majoring that in in college after I took her psych class in high school. Uh, who was okay. cool? I had a super hot teacher who looked like Paul Rudd and I forget Ooh. his name, but we were all obsessed with him. Is he hot now that you look back? I don't know. Yeah. I just remember that we all thought he looked like Paul Rudd and we were like, oh my God. We had a teacher named Mr. Waymiller who we'd call Mr. Wayhot and he had like a really deep voice. Kind of reminded me of Barack Obama. Um, the answer is yes. Plenty of teachers. And then in college, of course, you always have those professors or two that just stick out in your mind. I have a hard we time remembering college. Like, I remember a lot of high school. Well, because college, you don't have, like, a homeroom teacher, right? So you're taking all these different classes. I had cool teachers. I also we feel don't like have- the actual class part of college was, le- like, I remember teachers that were really cool and, like, let me be myself in high school. Yeah. In college, they don't care. So, you, like, you go in, you learn from them, and you leave. You, went like, to you a- don't need to forge a bond. You went to a large school, though. Um, I did. I went to a very I- large college. The answer is yes. Um... And what was the next question? Do you have any advice for oh, God, you know what? learning? I had a teacher in film school who I thought was really cool. And he was always like a little flirty, nothing inappropriate. Just like you had that feeling. You're like, I bet if I kiss this teacher and this is so horrible. I found out that he had an affair with a student and killed himself. When I went back student? to the school. Yeah. And I knew that he was married. And I remember he, I will never forget. He made a short film that we watched in college. He was my film teacher. And it was this image of someone being like, imagine if you laid on the side of a pool and put your head in the pool and then you filmed it so that your jaw is sticking out and he was just babbling in the water. And it was about like a metaphor for being deaf or like what you hear. I forgot, but it was a cool image anyways. And I went back and I was like, how is he? I hope I see him. And they all got quiet and they were like, he killed himself. So it turns out, yeah, I definitely could have kissed that teacher. Mm. Anyways, what was the other question? Uh, any advice for distance learning for kids? I don't have any. I'm not an authority on that. That's rough. That's a rough gig. Good luck. Maybe start class by playing a song. <laughs> Get him in the mood. Kick it. <laughs> All right. Uh, Jen, teacher 611. Yesterday, I was able to adopt a beautiful corgi dachshund mix <gasps> from a rescue. He's seven oh. and has a seizure, seizure disorder that is easily controlled with meds and is so very sweet. Sweet man. What have been your best tips and tricks in training Blanche and Tianfu? <sighs> you and your comedies meant so much to me last few years. Thank you, Noah, for doing DPP. Love you guys. Of course, the snow peach. I don't have any because Blanche was like out of the box. Like, hey, I'm a person. Let's go to tea. Uh, and Tianfu still remains a mystery. 
Yeah. She's not easily trained. She is very stubborn, very persistent, and seems to forget everything, even who we are sometimes. So the lesson's really been more for me, just like letting this dog be the weird version that she is. Mm. She's getting better slowly. I mean, getting better, just kind of letting, you know, changing slowly, but it is a process. I don't have any, like, put a dip of peanut butter under your tongue. Like, I don't have, I'm not a dog person. Mm. Like, I always take dog advice because I'm like, I don't know. If you kiss them right on the mouth, sometimes they don't recoil. I got a good kiss right in on Gracie's mouth this morning. Get it right in. When you really, when they're real weak, she was like in the uh, sun and she flopped back and I was like scratching her belly and I was like, ah, and there. she didn't realize to be angry. Like she wasn't quick enough to escape. Let me put it this way. Every day since December, Tian Fu has gone to get her cookie and put it on the bed. And every day we take the cookie, we put it off the bed. And we say, no cookie on the bed. Brought the cookie on the bed this morning. Like does, I think she understands, but she's like, if I just play dumb, they'll eventually give up. And she's right. Yeah. I'm like, do whatever you want. Just don't be on the rug. Okay, yeah. pee on the rug a little bit. No, she doesn't pee on the rug. Has um, she not? We did. We were able to toilet train her, potty train her, toilet train. <laughs> that would be amazing. Some cats use the toilet. I know that's so weird. I don't like that. I don't want to go. What if I go into? I have one bathroom. What if I go and use it? And my cat's just sitting there. She's taking a dump. I don't want close that. the door. <laughs> well, and then you say scoot over. We'll both dump out. <sighs> Your dog loves going to the bathroom with you. Not she with does. you, but she likes she watching you. She butts her way in, and I'm like, I'm in here. <laughs> She's like, I just want to make sure. I love you so much. <laughs> what is, does she just stand and stare at she you in there? She usually just leaves. She kind of walks back out. <laughs> oh, like, oh, you okay? Like, All this right. smells terrible. When you ask someone what language they took in school, usually it's like with an eye roll. They're like, mm, French. It's like, do you speak French? No, I don't use it. I feel like a lot of us had difficulties learning a language in school. Rosetta Stone is here to change that. It's available on desktop and it can be used as an app on your phone or your tablet. Rosetta Stone are trusted experts for more than 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways with an intuitive process and you can pick up any language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Plus, with Rosetta Stone's true accent feature, you'll get feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. That's right. You might even fool some locals into thinking you're one of them. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. I headed to Mexico City for a little vacation, and I used Rosetta Stone to brush up on my Spanish. Just a few things, a few verbs that I knew I had forgotten, and I was better. Mejor. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Ask Eliza Anything listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash Eliza. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash Eliza today. I do think there's something to be said for ordering something of quality and every once in a while getting a nice package in the mail with a product that you're going to own for a long time. Let me tell you about Bolin Branch's signature sheets because they're the perfect way to start upgrading your sleep, your room, the look of your room because they're designed to feel incredible for all sleepers. They are made with the finest 100% organic cotton. These sheets feel buttery soft yet super breathable and they're perfect for warmer summer months ahead. We have a house that we go to in the summer and I got all Bolin Branch sheets for the beds because we're having a lot of guests this year and I want them to feel like they're at a nice bed and breakfast that they didn't have to pay for. Bolin Branch sheets are free from toxins like synthetic pesticides, formaldehyde. I bet you didn't know that was in your sheets. And their signature sheets come in 14 versatile colors and they come in sizes from twin all the way up to California King. 
And Bolin Branch has a 30-night worry-free guarantee, which means you can wash, style, and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them for any reason, you can send them right back with free returns on all U.S. orders. Sleep better with the softest, most breathable bedding from Bolin Branch. Go to bolinbranch.com slash Eliza for 15% off your first sheet set, plus free shipping. That's Bolin Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com slash Eliza for 15% off. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Janelle says, Hey, Eliza, baby, I'm in Tovu. I got married back in October of last year. We were together for about five years before we tied the knot. He's a wonderful person and we have a healthy, supportive relationship. He's stable, reliable, kind, intelligent, etc. And everything I've ever wanted in a partner and more. However, I've been feeling really distanced from him for the past couple of months and haven't been feeling confident in our relationship. I can't tell if my feelings toward him are lessening, my definition of love is skewed because of my upbringing and past relationships, or if I'm just dissatisfied with myself and I'm projecting those feelings onto our relationship. Mm. Background. I come from a divorced family. Mom has been divorced three times. Dad has been divorced twice. how long have they been married? Uh, They were together five years. They got married in October. Okay. Uh... Mom has been divorced three times. Dad has been divorced twice. So naturally, I've had apprehensions toward marriage. I struggle with mental health and have been in therapy for the past few years and have tried to work through these feelings. My husband has been nothing but supportive and understanding, and I've been honest with him about where I'm at emotionally. I'm applying to grad school this fall and may have to move depending on where I get accepted. Everybody goes to grad school but me. (laughs) And I'm hoping to work through this beforehand. I'd hate to uproot his life and we end up not staying together. I know you come from a divorced family as well and want to gain your insight. What is your definition? of love how did your parents divorce affect your views on marriage did you have any fears or reservations about getting hitched and if so how did you work through them and not let them in okay that's a lot and i can't unpack all of that (laughs) Uh, i'm gonna ignore the first two parts just because like i don't know who defines love like i don't know but what i think the key part here is saying like that she's gonna apply for grad school she doesn't want to move him there and then break up with him like you are halfway out the door if you're if you're like I don't want him to move with yeah. me and then we get a divorce like you are leaning towards divorce. I I th- see I don't know. I don't know that. I think you were kind of bang on with am I dissatisfied with myself and therefore putting it on him. I know that when I've been the most stressed out and dissatisfied with my career, it tends to affect not affect my marriage, but I you know, you look at your husband, you're like, "Yeah, and I you you tend to want to control the things that you can." So I would look at that. I would take a good hard look at that and ask yourself, why are you going to grad school? Like, is this something you really want to do? Are you just trying to do, you know, are are you feeling suffocated? And you're because a lot of people when they write in, they're like, maybe I should just go to grad school. Like for some people, it's just easy. I would talk with him regardless, because what you don't want to do is run away from the right man because you weren't unhappy, weren't happy with yourself, especially if he's willing to work through it. But if you really feel this isn't the man for you and you have concrete reasons, it's worth talking it out. Don't underestimate how damaging divorce can be and how your model for what a marriage is is broken because of what your mom's been through uh, and the fact that you came from a divorce family. I am not saying that divorce kids of divorce can't get married. That's insane. I'm just saying, I remember when I got married, I always thought like, okay, and then, you know, if we get a divorce, whatever. Like there's a lot less weight on it when you come from that and that's what you know. The idea would be to break that pattern. So- you need to have a come to Jesus and a real hard look and maybe see a therapist with him to get through, to do, to get some breakthroughs and really get to the core of what this is. But I think the dissatisfaction with yourself might be it. Um, or you just married a nice guy and it just wasn't right for you. 
but you were together for five years. So I, I just don't know, but I think you need to see a therapist. I think you owe it to yourself. Um, and I think about how you're, how this might affect him. He's like, my wife might not even like me. What do you, you might leave me if you go to grad school. Like think about him hearing that. Don't just think about yourself. Mm. It's really hard for me to do, to consider. Sometimes I say, probably not the greatest things to know. And then I think back, I'm like, yeah, if someone said that to me, I'd be so upset. Yeah. So. Yeah, maybe you've got a new perspective being in quarantine together for a little bit, but I think an outside party who you can be just totally honest with, like a therapist, is so great. I mean, there are so many online services right now where, like, you can sign up for a month and you can just, well, like, just, just talk to someone. Sit lay down out and ask feet. yourself the questions. Like, really? And bring him. It should be a couple's thing. Mm. You know? It, it is, and it is also, I will say this, it is difficult to accept love from someone else. It's difficult to, and it's also kind of infuriating when the other person is like, I'm here for you, whatever you want, babe. Cause you're like, why don't you just leave? Like, leave me. I felt that to, in my core on our honeymoon. I remember, I was so out of my mind, exhausted and I didn't want to be there. And I wasn't pumped about going to Italy. And I, I wasn't a brat by any means, but I probably like just wasn't, I could have been better. And I remember I, I woke up, I said I wanted to go home and I woke up in a hotel room and Noah was gone. And I honestly, in the even though I think I'm a great catch and I'm like, of course you want, I'm fun. Who doesn't want to be with me? I honestly thought he left. Of course he fucking left. Nobody actually gets married. Everybody gets a divorce. Of course he left. And where was he? This is like the sweetest thing. He comes back in the room. I go, where did you go? He goes, I went downstairs to call American Airlines to change our flights so we could go home and I don't want to wake you up. <laughs> and like, that's who I married. So I'm just saying there are all these things where I'm like, how far can I push someone away? And the fact they keep coming back, you have to learn to be okay with that. Mm-hmm. Unless you don't want that person, in which case, yeah, it's really fucking annoying because they won't go away. <laughs> right. You got to answer those questions for yourself. Did I tell you what my parents did to celebrate their anniversary this year? What? This is how you keep the magic alive. They went to the zoo and they met a turtle and they fed him. They paid for a special package where you donate to the zoo and you get to, it's like a tortoise and it's really big. And they just kept getting warned, like, don't let him step on you because he's like hundreds of pounds. So you always have to be looking at him because he's just constantly trying to step on your foot. Like that's his goal. And you're like feeding him strawberries and backing up. And they just sent me a picture of them wearing masks, petting a tortoise. I love that. And it was like their 41st wedding anniversary. Last year for 40, big 40, they did zookeeper for a day where they get to wash the elephants. Well, that's it. Like, so- it's have paper, shared wood, interests. gold, zookeeper experience, <laughs> turtles. Was, the turtle was the like lower zookeeper package where other Times people were, were also allowed to be there. And my parents were like, there were like other people that wanted to pet the tortoise. Yeah, it's not going to be like, get on your fuck me boots. We're going to Vegas. Like it can't be every time. Turtles right. and strawberries. You adjust as yeah. the years go by. You've been together six years now with your marriage. Things change. The adventure's over. It's turtle time. (laughs) Uh, Hi, Eliza, Emily, and Tino Chino. So for context, I work for a big rail company in the UK. And this week is my week to open up the office. But yesterday evening, I started to feel a bit off. Scratchy throat, weird head, had a temperature on the higher side of normal. So I put a message out on our office WhatsApp, asking my colleague if she would swap shifts and open the office in the morning. And if I felt okay, I would be in just after her. This was so the office didn't open late should I wake up feeling horrific. I said I was sure it was a minor cold and that the temperature raise was just a natural fluctuation, but was just erring on the side of caution and monitoring the situation. She happily agreed, and most other colleagues, there are around six of us, said absolutely don't come in if you have any doubts, apart from one particular colleague who replied that 
laugh and cry emoji, like, ha, 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 ha. Yeah, I hate that one. I hate it. I hate it. Because it's always uh, sarcastic. Like, LOL, you think I'm in love with you? You're like, yeah. you are. Laugh, you. cry emoji. Temperatures do fluctuate, you know. I had already said that it was probably just one of those things that I was just being cautious. So I was annoyed by this sarcastic reply. She's a total typhoid Mary who comes into work with all manner of coughs and colds. I realize this is more of a rant than a question. What are your thoughts on this kind of symptom shaming? Was I correct to be mindful of this rather than just carrying on regardless in these uncertain times? Yes. Thanks for making Wednesday my best day. Thanks to Emily for a little exchange over DM about cats and ketchup. Oh, I was told I say, what's going on? I just want to say ketchup weird. You say it weird? Yeah, ketchup. Ketchup. Cat soup. Ketchup. Cat soup. I think I say catch and not catch. Oh, I don't care. Anyway, typhoid Uh, Mary. You're totally right. That's it. Ignore that person, especially if that person's like, gotta go to work above all else. You see where that person's partner is. I really, this shouldn't even be a question. You were so right. So Especially now. And- and the fact that you're like, I'll be in shortly after. It's not like you're like, and it's a Friday and you're like, can't make it. Obviously taking a weekend. You're fine. Ignore that person. With comments like that, it makes it very easy to write off a person. Like uh-huh. when they're consistently just kind of like shitty, you're like, whatever. We all know that Mary's going to write in something weird. So it's totally fine. Yeah, I hate- when She's going to feel like a real piece of shit. Well, this already happened, but she's going to feel real bad when it turns out you were sick. And you spared everyone. I, 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 she's going to feel even worse when you go in and you were sick and you get her even sicker. Yes, it's always very, when you work in an office setting and one person gets everyone sick, it's so frustrating. Yeah. So ignore her. She sounds like she'll be dead soon anyway. (laughs) Can't, can't. Hey, Liza, baby, I'm Tino Chino. My question is. Eliza, what were the deciding factors for you to get a nose job? I have a large nose with a bump on the bridge that I've hated my whole life. I avoid pictures of my profile and just generally feel embarrassed, but my boyfriend loves it, tells me I shouldn't change. They sent a photo, but it's not here anymore. No, I don't want to see a photo because I don't want to be like, whoa, that's a huge bitch. No, I can't see a photo, so. No. Um, It was so long ago, to be honest. Mm. But similar to you, I... But by the way, like, I had boyfriends and I you know, enjoyed all the things a normal girl does. I just Mm -hmm. didn't like my profile. I didn't like people seeing it. I just knew, especially, I didn't grow up around like a lot of other kids with that kind. Like everyone had these like normal cute noses and it's just the way you grow up and the time period you grow up in, you know, we live in a lot more, even though everything's on fire now, like it's a lot more accepting now of like quote unquote flaws and differences. Um, And, you know, I felt that way as a, upper middle class white girl with privilege. So I can't imagine what my friends, I had one friend who was darker black and then one who was black and Mexican. And I had a couple of other black friends just in like a, you know, an, a private school. Mm-hmm. And I have gone back, especially in the wake of Black Lives Matter, all this, and I've had these conversations with them about how out of place they felt. Even though I was like, oh, we were all friends. Like we all did the same stuff. Like we're all the same. Mm. And I'm only saying that just to say, I can't imagine what it was like for them, especially in a time where like, you know, other colors were different and bad and not as quote unquote attractive. And if I felt that bad, I can't imagine how bad they felt. So it was just about, nobody ever said I was, you know, of course I knew that I couldn't date like the quarterback. Like you just knowing that you're not as hot. And I have to be honest, a lot of times people get plastic surgery and it's the slippery slope and you're never happy with yourself. I got that nose job. Even when it was swollen, I got the bandage off like a week later and I had a little pig nose, I was like, I'm so happy with this pig nose. Like even swollen, I felt awesome. Sometimes it is just that one thing. Mm-hmm. And if you can do that one thing, fucking do it. 
people your whole life will tell you your nose is great, but if it really bothers you this much, change it. Mm. That's it. Careful. I don't know if you're a singer. It might affect, you know, the way that you sing or things like that, or maybe just give it a beat. I don't know what it looks like, but um, we're not going to change the fact that like bumpy noses aren't as good anytime soon. Like there's still that underlying desire to have a teeny straight nose. So if it means a lot to you, just change it. Mm. You don't want to have a Jennifer Grey situation but I don't think you're a celebrity. So change it. If it makes you happy to change it. Everybody does shit. And a lot of times women don't even admit it. They're like, what? I just naturally, my lips got plump overnight. Mm-hmm. Change it. It's, and then that's it. And that's it. And you want to look better. You want to feel better. That's it. That's all there is to it. That's Leah McSweeney, the newest Real Housewife of New York, just got a... Got, got her nose done. I think it was deviated septum or whatever. And she nope. like posted, well, yeah. she right. posted like an Instagram about it. and was like, I'm not going to say that I like contoured my face different. I'm recovering from a surgery. It is what it is. I, and it's funny, like it was so long ago that like, you know, people, the only people that ever bring it up are other people who got nose jobs or want them. It's never, no, you couldn't shame me for it. Cause I'd be like, let's look at your fucking face. <laughs> uh, no one ever, no one brings it up. Just do it, move on. Mm. And mm-hmm. your boyfriend is probably a fine with you either way. Anonymous. Because men don't get it. It doesn't matter how many times he tells you you're beautiful. Like if you don't feel it, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Happened yesterday. No, I was like, I think you look great. And I was like, really? Because I think I look like a pumpkin, but okay. I feel like whenever you're concerned about how you look, I'm like, what? That's the other thing. And you'll see this as you get older. I was looking back. I've always thought I had fat thighs. And I look back when I used to make my deer haunch jokes and I'm like, I was 90 pounds. Yeah. I have body <laughs> dysmorphia. And so now I'm like, I bet I actually look great, but I don't, but I might not. You'll never look better. You'll never be younger than you are now. And you'll look back and be like, why was I so hard on myself then? I looked great. Mm-hmm. So I try to be mindful of that now. Even though I did put on a little bit of makeup for a Zoom call that turned out had no video. It was only audio. But then you did one that had a video. Then I did one that had a video. So, Anonymous. Hi, Eliza. Emily Silent Scott and Tian for the Biscuit Queen. I have- She's Biscuit Queen. <laughs> I have two boys that we've been keeping home since COVID. My oldest has asthma and even spent several nights in the pediatric ICU as a toddler for respiratory complications. My husband is a paramedic in nursing school. That's all the exposure risk I can tolerate. My mother-in-law loves my boys and volunteered to keep them for an evening so my husband and I could have a night alone. I learned that when she had my boys for the two days, she took them to the school playground down the street and let them play. I believe she thought it was safe since she lives in an extremely affluent neighborhood. She knows we haven't been right, letting no, she's the right. kids. Rich people don't get sick. <laughs> she knows we haven't been letting the kids go to playgrounds in our own neighborhood. There's one across the street from our house. And during a prior visit to her home, she offered to walk them up to the school, and I intervened. I feel hurt and betrayed that she took the boys to the playground and let them play with other children, no masks or distancing. When she knows the stance my husband and I are taking in this current climate, I'm also surprised that she let this happen as she's made every indication previously that she was on the same page as us. I'm lucky to be seven years into this marriage, not have had any tiffs or disagreements with her yet, but this feels like a massive misstep on her part. How do I respectfully confront her about this? I don't want to let this go, but I also realize that she's a permanent fixture in my life and burning a bridge isn't something I want to do. Help me walk this tightrope, please. Just say that. Call her and be like, I just need to talk to you. We've never, we've always seen eye to eye. We've always gotten along. I just need to communicate to you how uncomfortable and how dangerous it was because- Liam, I don't know, the one son that has the respiratory issues, right? There's only one. There's two of them. There's only one. The one. One, has, one has asthma. Mm-hmm. Right, has asthma. It's a pre-existing condition. So I'm not, I, I, I'm not worried that, 
we, there's too many variables at that park. Another kid could have it. You could be given it. My kid could pass it on to you and get you sick. I just ask that you don't do that in the future. It would just make me more comfortable if you could just tell me that you won't. Mm-hmm. Just say it. You, it's your children. It's the most precious thing. You are well within your rights to say that. Yeah. And, and I do think that there is this like sort of blithe unawareness with wealthier people like, oh, it'll be fine. And you could even say, sometimes when you cite the other variables that people don't think about, you know, were those children taken to the park by a nanny? Where does that nanny live? Mm. Were they taken by, were, are you guaranteed that all the people at that park live in that neighborhood? And how are you guaranteeing that even the rich people in the neighborhood aren't getting sick? Are those kids licking a slide and then licking your kid? Yeah, so it's passed through. It doesn't discriminate. <laughs> and uh, we have, and just say to her, I, he has asthma and- I would hate for him to get sick on your watch or for you to get sick. Yeah. Uh, so there's a reason we're so, we're, that we're, we're being cautious. And I think she'll, she'll see it your way. I think so. I, I'm sure it's that kind of thing where it's like the kids are like, let's go out and play. And you're like, oh, how bad can it be? But if you was stressed to her that it is a danger, you that is endangering everyone. We also, it's exhausting to always be factoring these things in. Um, on tour, I'm staying with my dad and my dad and my stepmom you know, they live in Dallas and they eat on the patios and they wear the masks and he doesn't go into his office. But even he said, they were like, how are we going to have you and Hunter and your tour manager stay here? What are we thinking? Maybe like separate rooms in the house. Do we wear masks indoors? They're having to consider these things now. So it's every social situation you have to remember, oh, I can't hug my friends. Oh, we can't share the chips. And like, we're all constantly recalibrating. So I don't think you saying it in the nicest way. I don't think that that's a problem because she probably just thought it's a playground. We're outside. Yes, the chances are lowered because you're outside, but you don't know. Mm-hmm. That mom had COVID. She kissed her kid. They, you know, so, mm-hmm. and and also stress that you're worried about his asthma, but you're worried about them giving it to her because she's older. Yep. Fun topic and times. Top of the cob. Tip of the pip. It's the top of the cob. We're doing it right every day. You just take a bite. Top of the cob. Um, two things. Well, this is kind. Of, I have a top of the cob, and then I have a medium middle of the cob. Okay. I have a bomb of the cob. My okay. top of the cob is that I was pitching on this movie and I had a very, I had an upcoming deadline and I had a, the deadline was very soon and I only had four days. So I sat in this office and Emily helped for the last couple of days. I sat here for about nine to 10 hours every day, my entire weekend. I was in this office just building this presentation and my husband fed me. Every time I'd come out, he'd be like, what can I get you? He brought me a sandwich at like 11 o'clock at night. Like he was so stalwart and he just, he was so supportive um, in the way that he is. And he watched the presentation and he gave me some notes and some ideas. And he was just so, such a partner in that. And making me that food when I would have come out normally and just like eating a carrot, having him just make me like a veggie sandwich late at night was just so, so him and so appreciated. Cause I didn't have to think about what I was eating and I could dedicate. I mean, we, that project was due Monday at 5 PM. And I think we were adding finishing touches until like three 30. Tuesday at five. Tuesday at five. You're working all day, Monday, all day, Tuesday. All day, Tuesday. And so I just want to say thank you to Noah hmm. and my middle. Okay. What's your top of the cob? My top of the cob is related to the mouth kiss. I gave Gracie lately. She's been sleeping on her tower, not with me. Mm. But this morning I woke up early. There was a nice sun patch. So she came over to lay in the sun patch and it happened to be near me. So I just sidled up and I put an arm around her and she was so warm and sleepy that she didn't escape. And I was just like, yes, this is what I wanted. I enjoy the pictures. You always look very pretty in the pictures of you and Gracie. 
The only time, the only time I've, I feel happiness, I'm in the sun. I'm that's all. I don't go in the sun except that's yeah. where she wants to be, and that's so I, I have thinking. to be. I have to go lay right, and I'm like, <sighs> the only time I get vitamin D. Uh, my middle is on an upcoming episode. We have Kayvon Novak who plays Nandor the Relentless on What We Do in the Shadows, and I was asking him about any love interests on the show, and I was telling Noah about that. I asked him that. And he was like, what is it that you, what, what do you want? I was like, I just want to see him have kisses. And he was like, you know, you say that about Lucifer. I'm like, yeah, there's not a lot of kisses. I just want to see them have kisses. And he's like, it's kind of concerning this obsession you have with your on-screen characters having kisses. And I thought that was funny that he called me out. And I was like, what? You want to see? I was like, he's like, why don't you just watch The Bachelor? And I was like, I don't want to see losers kiss. I want to see my fictional characters kiss. I want to have kisses. Anyways, I thought it was funny that he was like, you got to chill out with wanting people to kiss. Like, what? I want to see attractive people with kisses. It's no secret that I'm very attracted to Nandor and uh, very attracted to almost all the characters on Lucifer. Okay. Okay. What's your bottom? My bottom of the cob is, you know, I had my missed miscarriage and I've started talking a little bit about it on stage and it doesn't bother me. It's very normal for people to say like, hey, are you going to, are you thinking about kids? It is an invasive question, but it is an innocuous one. People mean well. And we were walking this morning, we were walking the dog and we, there was a woman who's like, oh, I live on like on the next block or something. She just said, hi. And she said, which house is yours? And we said, this one. She goes, oh, do you have kids? And I trying to deflect, I went, no, we have this little dog. And then, which I can't imagine you wanting any more information. She goes, oh, do you want to have kids? And I guess I just wasn't prepared for that. And I was also trying to exit because I had a call in like five minutes. So I was kind of in a rush. And I was like, I don't know. Because it's like, I don't fucking know you. And I left. I'm sorry. And she goes, she goes, the reason I ask is I'm, I do East, I'm a doctor of Eastern medicine, of Chinese medicine. And I'm like, okay. And then I left and apparently Noah kept walking and she like kept asking him questions. And it really felt like it was like, I'd love to make money off of you. I'd love to assist in this and I'd love to give you my mushrooms and herbs. And I do believe in Chinese medicine, but this thing where any, like you're not a a medical doctor, any sort of doctor telling you that they can help you. And I don't have a fertility issue. And no one is, I mean, it's no one's business. It's no one's business. But like, I have a friend also who cannot, she can't get pregnant. And a chiropractor said to her, I can help you with that. So giving this unsolicited, like pseudo medical advice, this snake oily thing, even if I do believe in chiropractors and I do believe in Chinese medicine, saying it like that, what are you doing? I'm thinking. Oh my God, your lips are moving and you're just staring like (laughs) down at my knee and you're (laughs) I just think, I just think it's incredibly dangerous and you're giving people hope where there isn't. And just the idea, like I can help you with that. I'm like, oh, you not all the science and fertility specialists and doc, like, so it's you. Got it. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll just drink the seahorse. Cool. <laughs> uh, my bottom is I I love doing the interview segment of my podcast so much. And Eliza, do you know that you're in every episode? No. There's a small, no, there's a small clip of when you call my podcast Strong Female Leads that I worked <laughs> into my intro song. I love that. Uh, but- I love doing the interviews, but before every single one, I feel so sick the night before with anxiety. I get so nervous about it. Really? I feel like I have a job interview and I am oh. so overprepared to the point that I have like so many pages of notes that we're never going to get to. Right. I'm so overprepared that I'm just like, what if it's weird? Every time, like in the five minutes before I log into the call, I'm just like, this is it. Oh my I feel God. so worried. 
every time. But you still do it. I still do it. And the stakes could not be lower. Could not be lower. <laughs> I mean, these people could hate me, but it's like, I'll never see them again. We're not even in person. Mm. It doesn't, but. It's still the person you saw on screen. Yeah. Which creates that weirdness. Yeah. I like that. Stay, stay wondrous. <laughs> stay magical. Stay young. Stay, stay inquisitive. Stay, be a wanderer. A wanderer. Stay scared. And Tianfu, you stay suspicious. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.